2: Back to one on one with DP presented by Beatrice Bakery on ninety three seven a ticket and the ticket
1: Yes. Get him, Barry Thompson. Get him. <laughs> Get him, Barry Thompson. We're talking <laughs> to the coach, Barry Thompson, uh, here on one on one. Again, four two four six four five six eight five. 464, 5685. Sorry to him and text line. Appreciate you guys. Adding to the conversation, adding your thoughts, uh, to this thing. Barry, we we're talking about greatness. Goat, best ever. Um, we talk about longevity as a part of that conversation, and here's the part that we miss when we talk about longevity: longevity really has to speak to standard. It it you have to have constant and consistent success to have that sort of longevity that puts you into that conversation. What is the key to that longevity?
2: Well, I, I, you know, early on, was we we're growing up, you, you, we all had athletes that we really admired and they would retire and you go, Oh, you know, you're a fan. And you say, Oh, they could really, they could play another year. Why don't they play another year? And as you get older, I remember one time somebody told me great athletes, uh, what they get tired of is the level of preparation that they have committed themselves to. They just get tired of the preparation part of it. And for them, it's unacceptable to go into a contest without that preparation. So when they finally tire of that, that's when they retire, even though they could play a year or two or more. Um, so that's the commitment. When the the thing I'm talking about, Brady has kind of exposed, right? That people famously know that he's he's um, d- diligent about how he sleeps and how he eats and when he rises and what programs he's on and what he's doing and why he's doing it. That is a twenty four seven. Thing that he has committed himself to. And the athletes of the champions over a period of time, they just, at one point, they'll just tire of that kind of cycle and say, I just don't want to do that anymore. And then that's when they retire. That said, there aren't many people that will commit themselves to that concept of every day. And Brady's world, and the champions' world, uh, you know, and Magic's world. Uh, any of those guys that have done it, every day means every day. You've heard famous stories about Michael Jordan. You know, uh, they would do whatever. And it's like he's in the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning. Or Magic and Larry talking about when they lost each other. They were back in the gym. Or uh, recently, uh, the quarterback from Kansas City, I can't remember his name. And you don't have to mention his name because I really do know his name. But <laughs> when, he lost, when he lost, he was back in the gym. You know, not everybody wants to do that. And that's, that is part of what makes those people singular. Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, I never heard of him. Patrick what? <sighs> Would something happen to the mic? Yeah. No, no, yeah. Patrick, listen, something something joke, like that. I, don't Patrick, know. I I joke, but Patrick is a great quarterback. It's,
1: it's, it's always interesting to me that when people talk about uh, seasonal success, that they bypass the work and the the process that got you there. Now a big part of that uh, in collegiate sports, especially in football is the spring game. it's spring camp and your ability to spend those days those those 20 days or 30 days in space changing where you are in the game or sustaining where you are in the game. Now it's a much steeper hill to climb when you are at you are where Nebraska is. Can you make up the difference enough in this short pocket of time to change where you will end up at the end of season? Barry, spring game is Saturday. Right. Is, is this important or no?
2: What was important was when the season ended. That, that's when this spring game was determined. It's, it, it's what I was talking about. These games, in my mind, are always won or lost long before they're played. Uh, for the most part, it, it starts some. It, there's a little cliche that championships are won when nobody's looking and you know, there's no crowd around. There's some pithy kind of meme out there about that, but it's entirely true. There, you know, I was just talking to a set of quarterbacks last two days. We've had uh, bad weather. The first day it was kind of raining, and uh, I purposely moved. I was watching the weather forecast, and I kind of moved the 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 workout so i knew it was it would be raining but i knew it would be stop raining over the course of the workout and i did that for a reason because i wanted to see who would commit themselves to coming out and then also i wanted to make the point that when it stopped raining i said to them i said look this is a crappy day to come out and they go yeah and i said a lot of people would have looked at the rain and decided not to work out that day i said but look at us now it's not that bad is it they go, "No." And I said, showing up, this thing of every day, is really important. And it, it just really is, DP. It, it's it's it, it just – I'm around these guys. and So, anyway, if Nebraska's going to change their spring game, it was changed with an attitude, a point of emphasis, and a plan back in December. I I
1: love that so much. And, but And here's the thing that's happened. Right? The Nebraska has said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to go red versus white. We're just going to go offense versus defense. Mm-hmm. And there will be people in the vacuum who say, that's fine. It's not that important. It's just a glorified scrimmage. And there are people that will say, well, no, there needs to be some competition. There needs to be – now, it's always offense versus defense. Now, there's no. Right. I don't know what you put on the scoreboard. Right. Right. I mean, what do you put on, offense, defense, like defense – Right, get right. gets the same amount of points. How do you do that? How does that impact? Because we've been a part of those spring games where the programs needed the sp- spring game to to launch themselves into the offseason work. Like we needed right. to do that. We needed to reset the standard. We needed to reset right. the GPS. How does that work if you're just going to go offense versus defense?
2: Well, I, I think, you know, just from the outside, the fact that they're kind of changing it up, it, it, it hints that maybe they have a plan. It hints that and, – and we're going to do this according to our plan and what we want to see and what this team needs, and we're not going to kowtow to, you know, a traditional format if that doesn't work. So I kind of like the fact that they're doing that. And it's evidently is different. And I, like I said, it hints of this thing for me starts in December. You sit down, you do an assessment. What do we need? What do we need to get better at? new staff together, okay, what are the things that we're going to emphasize? And as you know, with teams, you, you've got to really hone in on one or two things that, in my opinion, that you you want to be this team's identity. It's going to be the cornerstone of everything. And so through everything, you're hammering home over and over and over again those things. And then additionally, you've got to get the player buy-in to what you're doing. Those are those are big things to be accomplished through, you know, mat drills and morning lifts and running and you know, off-day throwing and all that stuff. That's a big thing. So, if part of that plan is to build, I don't know why they want to do it, but if that's part of the plan that's coming up on the spring game, then I'm all for it.
1: How do you go through spring games? You've been a part of offenses that were run-based. You had you were a part of offenses yeah. that were that – let's, let's sling it a little bit. Yeah. Right? And in these scrimmages, right, or in these exhibition games, it's really hard to focus on the run game if you are not fully committed to the physicality that's required to do it. Yeah. How, can you showcase, highlight, feature – focus your run game if you are not full contact 100% of the time you do it?
2: Well, for the spring game, no. I mean, you won't be able to do it. There's some technical things. You want to see if guys get their blocks and pick up their line calls and things like that. But inform me, DP, it seems like it's been going around football. Last year, people were talking about the spring and the fall season being compressed and how that would affect the fall season. From checking in with my guys, it seems like it's affecting the spring season mm-hmm. and that a lot of people are, are having trouble in line positions, You know, either the whole line or certain positions on the line or whether it's offensive or defensive line. Is that going on in uh, Nebraska as well? Well, they're going to have to make that decision,
1: again? right? Barry, they're going to have to. This is, this is one of the things that I've circled at the top of the list of things to pay attention to Saturday is how do they address – how? What is the the, the, the the mindset within the run game? Are you are you going to are you going to go power? You're going to go right. stretch. You're going to go flex. Right. You're going to go thunder and lightning. You're going to go right. uh, uh, grind it. You know, no matter what it is, whether it's flex or or, or power, yep. that we're we're going to be consistent. And we're going to stay to it to pile up numbers to allow our bigs time to get it get an advantage, right? Let, right. Do you test the conditioning of the offensive line, right? Do you want to know yeah. if your guys can handle a twelve straight run offensive series? Because right. Cause, I, I got it. right? Yeah. So yeah. this is this is what I'm looking at Saturday, bro. I'm trying yeah. to figure out yeah. well who are you.
2: I, I, yeah, I, I think. Well, what I would hope to see, and just I got my red on today. Is you know watching them for. I'd like to see more of a vertical attack to whatever approach they take to the running game. Uh, that you are moving people out of the way, uh, not just you know you need great angles to block in there, but at some point you need to have the ability to move people. Uh, so to me, those things are more important than whether it's they run for uh, you know 200 yards or whatever in the spring game. If you just see enough of that getting off the ball and being able to move people. I would any, and you're, you're going to employ a vertical, verticality to your run game. I think that would be enough to see. And it may not look spectacular, but from a line coach's perspective, I would see that. And I think also from a pass perspective, um, man, just want to see uh, pickups and, and the quarterback not running for his life. <laughs> yeah.
1: Woof. Woof. Um, through, through that, right? That vertical run game requires a hands-on commitment, a mental commitment to that process, right? right? That that the benefit of the vertical run focus is to get wear and tear on said defenders. Like that's yeah. – right. what's lost in that is that that vertical run game also applies pressure and allows freedoms in the passing game because guys have right. to step up. you got to give up that step and a half. Right. That you like to take when you think there is no consequence, no passing consequence to your vertical run defense. Right. Right. What what advantages does that allow if we get safeties and the corners who have to give up that yard and a half in the run game yeah. compression?
2: Well, your corners are gonna get more exposed. And if you have if you have a vertical run game, the natural reaction and they, they do it a lot in college anyway, is to kind of some form of cover 3. Right? You either have cover 3 or you go cover 1, but you want to get some defensive alignment no matter how you cheat it to get eight people down there. If you're pushing somebody vertically, they're going to have to add more people in there and then that that the you know, fronts and coverages go together. So if you're crowding more people in there, you're a little and you have less to defend, it typically means unless you have shut down corners that they have to give a a bigger cushion because They'll give up what's in front of them. They just will not sort of want give up the play while they're taking the risk of exposing the back areas that, that are undefended uh, according to how they line up. So you're going to get a softer alignment by the corners. Uh, the, that brings it back to uh, this idea that, um, you know, that line when you do throw really has to be able to pick up. Um, but it does make some throws a lot easier if you get that vertical game going. The other thing about it, DP, talking about, you see now it is a physical style of play and it has its wear and tear on both the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. So when you're employing that style, I think the challenge for a coach is how much am I doing to make sure that I'm confident my players are physical enough and they know what I mean with balancing, keeping guys healthy and, you know, and getting them ready for a game. So there's some balance that needs to be struck. And that's what I'm saying. You may not see 250 yards rushing, but you might see 70 yards rushing, and the O-line coach is perfectly happy with what he saw because, remember, they have all these practices going up to it. You know, this is the spring game is really for other eyes, not so much coaching eyes. They're they're down to marginal judgments on certain things.
1: It's it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, which leads to next week being interesting as well because there will be some bounce back for what happens on Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Barry, what are we eating?
2: Oh, man, we – a little dish called uh, suyuk, I think I pronounce it. It's Korean, S-U-Y-U-K. It's uh, about a pound of brisket. Okay. Uh, You simply put it in some water, about five cups of water with – there's a daikon radish that I'm able to get. You don't have to have that. Uh, Four cloves of garlic. Maybe about a tablespoon of peppercorns, um, half an onion, and some bay leaves. And you let that, you bring that to a hard boil. And then once it gets to a hard boil, you bring it down to a very very low simmer for about 50 minutes. Uh, after that, you let it sit in that covered for like you would rice. Let it sit covered for about 20. And then uh yeah, here we go. And then uh uh you you want to put it on paper towels like you would fried food. For a while and press it for a little bit it's going to make the meat easier to cut uh you cut it into thin slices you can fan it out over the plate uh some fresh vegetables a uh, little spring onions a uh, little skinny and gnocchi mushrooms but the key to this dish because the meat is not seasoned at all is the dipping sauce which is uh, soy sauce uh vinegar uh you know the chinese mustard packets that kind of yep. make your nose set on fire Yep. that uh, in there a little bit of sugar and then uh, some broth from the the beef that you cook. That and throw in some onions and a little spring onions and you just mix it all around. And it sounds like a very intense flavoring, but because the beef is completely unflavored, uh, that unflavored into intense flavor balances its great, great meal. Um, We got about a pound of it and it was just Cindy and I. Uh, So in that vein, it would probably be something that would go with a lot of other dishes. But if you're going to make it for two, uh, you can do it. You can also do it with pork. It's called suyuk, S-U-Y-U-K. Uh, it's an easy recipe. Um, maybe you don't have some of the things, but you don't need all of them. Uh, go online, look it up, uh, Korean suyuk. It's, uh, it's a, it, Just to finish it up. As I cook around and kind of look for different things, what's amazing is two things. One, uh, things that we would think are really exotic. When you look at them, they're really peasant food. You know, like working man food that mm-hmm. somebody had to make something out of. And two, uh, a lot of the techniques for cooking are very similar. So, for instance, this dish is not a lot unlike what people in New England call a boiled dinner, where they just throw in some meat, they throw in some potatoes and throw in some carrots and throw in some celery, and they like it. This is tastier because of the dipping sauce, for my taste. But there are people, you know, they throw meat in water and boil it. So even though it has a fancy name, so yuk, it's Korean. It's really not unlike, you know, some cooking things that we do here in the States.
1: Is this a long dip in, the, in that sauce or is this a quick dip?
2: No. Well, you start to fall in love with the dip. Okay. That's what, well, that's why I was thinking with the, the way you de- described it.
1: I'm going, oh, yeah. Like, I'm just going to pour it let all me, over the beef and be done suggestion.
2: with it. I, <laughs> let me just make a suggestion. Well, we I started on two plates, and I just, you know, functionality because you're dipping. Uh, I just created two dipping bowls, one for Cindy, one for me. And that's the way I would go because you start to get into your own uh, dip. It when you eat it, it slightly has a a mustardy, slight horseradishy kind of taste, which always goes well with beef. And then you get the saltiness of the um, um, anything in Asian cooking has a lot to do with balance. So even though I'm saying these harsh ingredients like you know soy sauce, vinegar, you know uh, mustard, sugar, in your mind you're going ugh but it balances out with what you're eating, and uh, it works really well. We uh, saved it. I you know,
1: trust Max you. Cindy didn't want to throw it out. <laughs> I, I trust you on that one. I, I'm looking at the picture going, okay, Rico, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Barry, love you, brothers. Good seeing see you this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Love you in the gear, man. Looks good.
2: Oh, got Edwin in town.
1: Yeah, man. Go get, give him a smack, a smack on the back. Um, I'll text you later. We'll right. see if we can do tomorrow. I'm, I'm only pondering – Saturday first. And we'll see how that goes. If we don't get him this week, we'll get him next right. week. That's Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy, good stuff. Uh and shout out to Edwin Thompson who's leading the Georgetown uh baseball team. It's, they're on a roll. They had a uh, player had four home runs in a game <laughs> in the same game. <laughs> they hit nine as a team. All right, whatever. Yeah, Shut yeah. Off. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just extra. All right, we'll close out one on one up next.
2: Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You're listening to One-on-One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then...